Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Andrew Kuo was born in Queens, New York, and grew up in Westchester. After graduating from the Rhode Island School of Design, he's shown at Marlboro Gallery, Half Gallery, Artist Space, and a lot of other places. Not only is he a painter, he's also a big sports fanatic, a music enthusiast, and an all-around great guy. If you're not familiar with his paintings, chances are you've seen his Instagram feed. Under the name Earl Boykins, he posts funny pictures from the internet to the tune of 154,000 followers. He also has a great Twitter feed that may be one of the only reasons I really check Twitter. I swung by his studio in Bedside to catch up with him on Art and Life. Don't mind the train noise, his studio windows are right next to the JMZ line, and we had a direct view into the trains. Here's our conversation. Well, I guess it's a good thing to, to ask you, because you, well, you grew up in Queens, right? No, I was born in Queens, and I grew up in a place called Edgemont, which was uh, right north of Yonkers, right south of Scarsdale, oh, okay. yeah. um, Westchester. And my mom worked at NYU, and my dad worked at the UN, so I'd spent so much time down here. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, I'd like to take the train and meet them for dinner, and then we'd all go back together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you saw the city change. I mean, you've gone yeah. through a long change. Yeah. I mean, like the when I think about it the most is probably Mott Street in Chinatown. Yeah. Because that was my favorite place. Like my favorite toy store was there, mm-hmm. and like that's been long gone since like two thousand three or four. Um, I think I know. I think I remember that one. Right. It was a was step it, up. It was on the east side of the street. It was on the east yeah. side of the street. Yeah. yeah. They had the like the brand name stuff up front, yeah. and then in the back they had like your the models at no child cares about but right. they have it in stock you know yeah um matchboxes in the front but uh yeah i mean that place especially because it it kind of has changed the least yeah and there was that new york article kind of trying to describe why it's changed the least mm-hmm. and it turns out it's because a lot of these buildings are not only chinese owned but they're basically like huge co-ops so no one can figure out how to sell these right. buildings. It's like in, entwined with a bunch of people. Yeah, when you have like 15 families involved, yeah. like who's going to sell it? Is it <laughs> worth it? You right. know, like, or should we just keep on living there and renting them out to yeah. other people? Well, it's nice. I mean, it keeps some sort of integrity and cultural integrity to the neighborhood, which is yeah. a rare... Yeah. It Who knew it took like 14 owners to yeah. keep... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because otherwise, if it's one person, I mean, that... Someone comes up to you and says, I'm oh. going to give you a gazillion dollars. Yeah, like, I'm getting older. I don't want to yeah. be in the city anymore. It's so easy. Yeah. Um, like, watching what's happening to Houston, the Katz's Deli block. Yeah. It's kind of shocking. It's crazy. Yeah. And Katz's is the only thing standing. Yeah. And they sold their air rights, I believe. Oh, really? So they're building on top of it. They're going to cantilever a gigantic residential building right yep. over that thing? Exactly. I remember they... going to Max Fish back in the day. Oh, and yeah, it, you yeah. Know, it wasn't even that, you know, late 90s. Yeah. It wasn't that different, but it's it's getting a lot different. It just went from it just went really fast. I guess yeah. What do they say? Uh, your poor forever broke overnight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was like, one day this will all change. Oh, it's it's changed. Yeah. It's gone. It's, you it's, know. But um, 
I mean, it's still an awesome neighborhood as long as certain like aspects of it stay true. Unfortunately, like one of my favorite places in the world, Essex Market, is gonna get oh, demoed. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they promised to open a new one, but I, I doubt the same vendors will be there. Yeah, and I've been shopping with the same people for like decades. Let's change it. Well, we're getting old, man. We are. We are middle-aged <laughs> human beings. Yeah, yeah. It's sad. Uh, I it's, know. And talking to all, you know, doing this podcast and listening yeah. to stories, it's it's funny how many people that I guess are similar age to me and like we yeah. have similar stories or what we were into growing up. And, yeah. You know, and I think this is just a great platform for me to commiserate <laughs> with yeah. people who are generally on the cusp of getting slightly older. Yeah. <laughs> like my, my memory doesn't work that great. So like, I'm still like, oh, Michael Dukakis is going to be awesome. <laughs> just when he gets his chance, you know, yeah. he's waiting in the wings. Yeah. Yeah. Or how, how Dean is going to be like oh, a really promising guy soon, you yeah. know, and I just forget as, as a selective memory, but that makes time go by kind of fast. It does. You know? Well, and you, you, you're here and you're busy right. and you kind of, it's almost like you can't see the changes as right. they're happening in front of you. Definitely. But, you know, listening or reading a lot of mm-hmm. articles and, and people talking about, like, what happens to artists yeah. in this city. And it is, it's true, you know. It's yeah. like, and I have students who are like, what, you know, I want to move to New York. How do you do it, you know? Yeah. And it's a, different, it's a different thing now than it was when I came here. Totally different, right. And, like, the, the generation, maybe two generations before us, you know, like the Patti Smiths and the Mobies and the David Burns who mm-hmm. tell us not to, it doesn't work here. Like, well, it just works different. Yeah. You know, like, I want to make really big paintings, but I don't know if kids younger than me want to make really big paintings. Yeah. Um, they probably want to do stuff where more people can see it on the computer, I'm assuming. Like, yeah. I, I realized how old I was when I just didn't understand anymore. I'm like, right. I Snapchat? I, yeah, I... I get it, but I don't, you know, in yeah. my heart. But people are making amazing. art with it, you know, yeah. they're making gifts and... It's amazing, yeah. yeah. It's... Right. It's different. Yeah, and it's just like, I, I don't know how you sustain a living that way. I was arguing with one of my friends about the word practice. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of like... Alan Iverson? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is the most misquoted quote ever, right? right? right. As we know now, it was like such a sad day for him. Yeah, that was rough. Um, but... Yeah, just like, I guess where I was coming from was like, if you're pretentious and you say the word practice, it's a pretentious word. Right. But if you're okay, you say the word practice, it actually means something. Yeah. You know, like what you do, how you do it. I'm sure you can speak to this in volumes, but like going to people's studio and be like, oh, his practice is that way and it's not the same as someone else's. You can call it like his way of working or whatever, you know? Yeah. But um, I mean, I just don't... I, I won't claim to understand how practices work now. Like, watching the book fair is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. How that, it's one of the best things in New York or LA when that happens every year. And uh, watching all these kids embrace something that kind of started when we were kids. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, stuff, yeah, Xerox machines yeah. and like, Touch and Go, that, that zine was really huge. Maximum Rock and Roll, yeah. all this stuff. and Well, I haven't thought of that in a long time. It's wild, right? Like, I went to the Maximum Rock and Roll website the other week, and it's still going strong. Really? Like, there's yes. like, there seems to be a scene, and I don't really follow music as much as I did, but I kind of try to keep up. Yeah. And they're like, 
easily like 40 or 50 bands and i'm like i have no idea who this is yeah. you know and that's like, great though yeah it's it? amazing it's still going on it's like we have cassettes for sale for four bucks i'm like whoa it's still happening and it feels old-fashioned i'm like why don't you just give it give me a link yeah point me to soundcloud or something right but i'm glad it's not gone you know like i guess record sales were really good this year for the mm-hmm. industry but that's just us, like buying our memories right. back. You and know? vinyl, the feta, you know. Yeah, and we that, have a relationship with vinyl, so it, it means something. Totally, and that ends with us, probably. Probably, yeah. Um, it's but, a commitment. I yeah. Mean, let's be honest. Especially yeah. like I sold off all my records when I came <gasps> to the city, because yeah. I didn't have. I was sleeping on a couch. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No room. I'm not bringing this giant. It was all like command records, like persuasive percussion. Yeah. Lounge, yeah. Like, oh my you god. You know the Albers covers and like all those records. And Impossible I was like, to I find records. Yeah. yeah. And I can't bring them. It's wild. Like yeah, I moved four times in four years, in college, and into the city, and. I was like, this is just extraneous stuff. And I love it so much. And I just had to leave it on the street corner. Yeah. And there was some good stuff in there, but like, I don't think about it that much. Mm-hmm. Oh, my buddy Nick, who's like such a record collector, um, techno house, like British dance music. Yeah. During Hurricane Sandy, he lived on the first floor of his building. Oh, man. I know and, where this is going. Yeah, it was all, cat- you know, like alphabetical and everything. Yeah. And the water level rose to the top. It flooded the, the shelf up to the top layer and went halfway through. Oh, just threw the, all the records away. Yeah, you can't. What can you do? That smell is so specific. Yeah. Like when yeah. you dig through crates and you smell those water It's damaged. in every record store because yeah. there's at least one out of ten records has that smell. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't want to buy it, but it's such a good record. They're like, all right, I'll, I'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. I'll take the smell. Oh, God, yeah. One of my good friends, um, you know, just like does odd jobs here and there. Um really needed work so he started working at this record store and I'm like I don't know you know like you're you're almost 40 like what's your plan he's like oh it's perfect because I get store credit and I get discount on these records so basically I'm making money by taking these records from my paycheck and I'm like dude the dude's running a Ponzi scheme on you (laughs) it's awesome that you're getting these records but like that's what a Ponzi scheme is right (laughs) But he's super happy. He says he just gets to listen to these rare records all day and figures out which ones he wants. It's not working if you love. I mean, I'm thinking. I I have a dream of being a barista. Oh yeah, Are yeah. You a coffee I just want to make. Yeah, it's my one thing. Yeah, yeah. That, um, you know. Yeah. And they could just pay me in coffee. Yeah. You know, or I'd just be taking shots of espresso on the side all day. <laughs> right, right. And right. feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> I'd be like, it's not really work if it's, you know, if I'm surrounded by the drug of choice. I know, right. <laughs> Like, it's that obsession. I was trying to figure that out because I, I used to be so obsessed with books. And then I, built, I had someone build, like, these pretty basic shelves for my house. And I'm like, there's no way I can fill these up. These are going to last, like, 10 years. You always think that, but then... It's the minute I put those books up. It was just <laughs> like, my wife was just like, what are you doing with all these things? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. So, you know, if someone comes over to my house and likes a book, I'm like, you can just have it, you know? Right. Or I try to make them special. Like, I've been trying to, like, bring art books to openings and having artists sign them. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday, I, I, I was holding this book by this painter, this German painter named Ansel Krut. And finally, after five years, I got him to sign it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can you draw a picture or anything? He was like, eh, nah, just best wishes. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 
But um, so are you a collector? You like to? Collect I used stuff? to be. Now, like, I did my taxes this year, and I, I just bought like maybe I buy my sweatshirts off of Amazon, mm -hmm. and I buy like five of the same ones. Yeah. And that's about it. That's what. You're... Like my vice these days is probably like going out with my friends, like food, drink. Mm -hmm. But I can't buy any more stuff because it's like there's no more room. Yeah. And um, but I get I get little heart palpitations like. Someone just reissued the NASA style guide. Uh -huh. Have you seen that thing? No, I haven't. It's awesome. And it's like 70 bucks and it's like so 90s. It's like in a like reflective plastic sleeve mm -hmm. and it looks all juicy. And I'm like, I want that. So I'm going to buy that. But I mean, we're in the, the business of creating more junk in this world. And yeah. it's hard to like justify accumulating more junk. And... The frustrating thing is all this stuff in theory informs, like maybe this will help if I get this thing. Right. Maybe an idea will pop into my head. And that happens like, you know, one out of a hundred times and it's worth it for that one one time. But the other ninety nine, I'm just like, When is this book gonna start talking to me? Yeah. You know, like say something to me. I've had you for like twenty years, like but maybe just that's it. Um, well, a lot of your, a lot of the input for your work is personal experience, isn't it? Yeah, I try. So to that's that's where you're spending your money, right? Going out, like you know, doing that sort of thing, and then that kind of fuels the work. Yeah, I mean, right. So that experience of just being like, when is this book gonna talk to me? Is is the content? Yeah, you know. Um, but. Also, living in the city is really tough, and moving studios, I'm sure. Yeah. You've experienced that. Well, moving, yeah, and uh, definitely. Any kind yeah. of moving is so... Yeah. I always feel like it's in a, a time to clean, though, like a deep yeah. clean. Because yeah. I'll never... Like, there's things in my studio just... They pile up, or at yeah. home, in a closet, or, you know... Yeah. Like, you have to do the big move to kind of get rid of it. I, I know. It's, it's wild, and uh, it made me feel better the... The other week I read something like there's enough, I mean, this sounds awful, but there's enough landfill in this world for endless human life. Like, waste isn't the issue. Right. You know? Yeah. It's just like, if you're worried about waste, like, yeah, you know, that's people telling you to worry about it, but mm -hmm. there's no problems with like just putting something somewhere else. Yeah. It's not going to hurt any wildlife or anything, you know, yeah. in a large scale. So that made me kind of like feel better for a second because I was like ag agonized over buying a bottled water, mm -hmm. you know, being like, well, where's a fountain? You know, can I just yeah. drink something from someone's faucet? But um, that made me calm my weird anxiety. That bought you another 10 years in a city before you have to go out and live off the wilderness. I know, right? <laughs> That's the thing I dream about most, like space. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't have to, it's like, it doesn't have to be like a beautiful wilderness cabin or anything. It's like, I dream about like finding a basement, mm -hmm. being like, whoa, is this available? You know, like, yeah. can I move in and start doing stuff in here? Yeah. I, you know, like ever since I started paying my own rent, I've dreamt about space. Yeah. yeah I guess it's a lot. I mean, it's a luxury here. Yeah. It's the luxury. Yeah. You know, because you can go out and go out to Pennsylvania and you can get extraordinary amounts of space yeah. from next to nothing. Or like Queens or something. Yeah. You know, or like near JFK. Yeah. But like, there's nothing in Manhattan. I'm like, well, like we were saying, like Basketball City, like yeah. down there. Um, 
They're like, Brooklyn's so overpriced. I'm like, you mean like overpriced Brooklyn? Right. But if you drive a little farther out, it's like you can get something. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, everyone associates areas with a certain lifestyle yeah. and creative. Yeah. You know, like this is yeah. a place where I can make work. Yeah. I and mean, really you can make work anywhere. Anywhere. But it's, and the support community, I guess, is, is key. Yeah, I agree. And less and less, though, these days, I feel like it's a necessity to be in a specific spot. Yeah. You know? I mean, I used to, for a good 10 years, I, I only did undergrad, but I, like, was kind of sad I didn't go to a master's program mm-hmm. just because I miss being around, like, artists and yeah. stuff. And then re- recently I realized, like, I don't really like to be around artists mm-hmm. that much. Like, I'm in a studio building here, and there's a really cool artist downstairs, and I bump into him in, in the outside world, but we never cross paths in here. Mm-hmm. And we were always saying, like, yeah, you should come over and hang out, but, like, we're old, and, like, I just <laughs> want to go home and yeah. cook dinner, you yeah. know? Um, right, like, that window where I would bring a six-pack down to someone's studio. Right. Like... I'm sure passed, but it it never really happened for me, you know, yeah. uh, which is fine. Yeah, I think it's me- a lot of it's mental, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, if you're outside the city or if you're secluded, there's, it's probably, it's really conducive to making work. Yeah. It's just maybe the feeling of being cut off. Like, for me, yeah. like, when I went to Skowhegan, that was amazing oh, yeah. because you couldn't be further away from, you know, a city. It's just way right. out there. But yeah. you're around people that are really interesting, making right. interesting work, so it's kind of, you know, it, it, its own system. Yeah, but there's yeah. nothing to do besides make work, right. which makes you really productive. Yes. And they they had back then they had one computer in the oh. office space with, that had internet. Right. That was painfully slow. You know, it was just right. impossible. To, I'm expecting to an email. On. Yeah. Yeah, those were those days, and so that wasn't a distraction. Right. And I think about that all the time now. You know, the distractions we have and how much stuff there is. Right. To look at and keep you busy, it really takes focus and you know determination to to actually turn all that stuff off. Yeah, like uh, I I met somebody yesterday who um, was like, I am a I'm a huge comedy fan. I'm devoted to this medium comedy, mm-hmm. and I didn't know where to start with it because I was like, well, does she mean like she watches? all the sitcoms or is she talking about like deep cuts you can name like writers for comedians mm-hmm. you know because there's that whole world yeah. that I don't know anything about but I can like talk about Gerard Carmichael or whatever you know yeah. I see on HBO mm-hmm. so it's really hard to pinpoint where like what degree of uh, like volume of interest someone has in something mm-hmm. and that's what you're saying like there's so much going on I'm like Okay, I'm I'm gonna think about basketball, yeah. and that's just gonna be my thing, and I'm gonna kind of know about every art show that's up, but then after that, like, tell me to, who to vote for. You <laughs> right, know, just, right. can someone just tell me? Yeah, uh, I tried to figure that out like during the primaries, and it was confusing. Yeah, because I I don't live that that life of like keeping up with politics in the way I should. It can be a full time job. Yeah, and it's endlessly interesting. Yeah. Like, last year I tried to get into the stock market, mm-hmm. which was funny. Like, <laughs> politics and stock market, like, they don't want you to get into it. It's yeah. like it's all coded so you don't get right, into it. Right. It's for the select few. Right. So, you know, you look at these websites that are supposed to be in layman's terms, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is a whole world. 
that's why people go to school for this. It's just like, I don't even know what data I'm supposed to be looking at, right. let alone what these data points mean, you know? Yeah. It sounds a little bit like something we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's every field is like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, do people really want the layman to walk into a gallery and know? I mean, a lot of people don't. No, or it's right. just, you know, you get so deep. I, I'd like to think it's it's not purposeful. It's just, You just get so deep into the language of what your language is, which 100%. for us is visual medium, yeah. that that it just disconnects from the average person walking in in a way because you're it's you're talking through that history of all that work absolutely and you know it's kind of like i always liken it to you know going into a garage mm -hmm. and like opening up your car hood and ex just expecting to know how to work right, everything right, right. it's like no you have to learn about it it's the same thing with art it's like you yeah. have to understand yeah. where we are what came before us in that language but people yeah. a lot of people just want to be able to come in and and hit the ground running and know exactly what's going on. Right, that's the exciting thing, right? Like when someone meets a lawyer mm -hmm. and gets advice from a lawyer, they're just like, hey, tell me what's up. Like, what do I, and then they speak in the language in which their field requires them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lot of points in which like someone who's not a lawyer doesn't understand, but yeah. it's okay. Same with doctors, right? Mm -hmm. With art, someone walks into a museum like, I don't get it, it's bad. Yeah. And I'm like, you could be right. I, I don't know, you know, like, uh, this might be a mystery. Yeah. I mean, I went to undergrad, and I, I just try to keep up, and that's it, and this is our life, but, like, you might be right, yeah. you know, like, this might not be good work, but some of it I like, some of it I don't. I just saw the Officially in Advice show at the Guggenheim. Yeah. And, like, that video is, like, the best thing ever made, right? The way things work, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. I saw that really early on. Yeah. It's one of those things that really gives you inspiration. You yes, know? It's, it's like one of those real magical artworks. Yeah. Um, where people don't say, like, my kid can do this. Right. But your kid could do this, but it's just, you know, it's a lot of years and practice and, and yeah. all that stuff. But um, the end was kind of anticlimactic to me because, you know, I used to go to a bar that used to play it on the loop. Mm -hmm. And... You know, watching it so many times in in my life, just loving that video so much. And then they had the two screens and everyone watching it. And I was like, I want to be in love with this show, but like, I know that Jon Snow comes back to life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and, or it's like watching the OJ show, which was like the best show. The OJ show? Yeah. Did you watch that? No, I never saw The People vs. OJ Simpson? I never saw it. It was awesome. It was this season. It was this year. But it was like John Travolta was in it, Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, I saw still, I yeah. saw, yeah, images from it. Kind of the best show on TV. It was amazing. Um, I recommend it. David Schwimmer mm -hmm. as Robert Kardashian. Oh, no. It was awesome. <laughs> it was odd. Like, yeah. everything was just like, what is, why is everyone overacting? That seems like a bad take. And yeah. it's just like this great Oh my yeah, my wife was watching it. Yeah. And I was I was busy doing other things, but then I saw it and I saw um who was wait, who played Johnny Cochran? Oh, this actor who's not as famous, but he was spot on. It was uh, really it looked good and she's like, yeah, Oh yeah, it's he was it's, the best cast one. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was great. And why why did I bring that up? Oh, because the ending. We just knew the ending. Yeah. So it's like you know, we wait for this 10-part series to end after 10 weeks. And, like, how is he going to make this ending mm -hmm. personal, you know, like triumphant, sad, or something? Yeah. And the ending was so clever, I thought. 
it, uh, not to spoil anything, <laughs> which is funny, you know. Turn it off for the next one, <laughs> for the next minute or two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, things happen historically as they do. Yeah. But it turns out to be about a different character, and mm -hmm. it's a really sweet ending. Oh, that's cool. Like you're you're watching the show, and you're like, oh, it hasn't been about OJ this whole time. Yeah. Which is it was really great, and that was like the officially advice show. It was like. And that's where the experience changes. It's like, I have this deep relationship to this video. Mm -hmm. So instead of it being a reveal for the show, because it's kind of the, almost the last thing you see, it turns into like the memories I have previously at, uh, when I saw the video for the first time, the 20th time, mm -hmm. a certain night at this bar, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like you have a history with it. Yeah, and, and that's a really hard thing to process at a show like that, yeah. which kind of like uh, holds your hand through like what the curator wants to talk about mm -hmm. or the artist wants to talk about. But it was nice, too, because at the end of the show, they showed um, this really beautiful sculpture of a spinning wheel and a plastic cup mm -hmm. and a light, and it just looked like a really like... Uh, like a disco light or like some hallucination. Like a strobe effect. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, it made a nice clicking sound. I was like, mm -hmm. this is really sweet. They're really sweet artists. But, yeah. Yeah, I really love their work. I think that, the way things go, and then, uh, did you ever see um, Dial History by Johan Grimm Lopez? I don't think so. It's like, um, it's like the history of hijacking. Oh, whoa. And I saw it at Deitch a long time ago, uh -huh. like really early on when I was in the city. And yeah. uh, it's it's pretty moving. Really? Yeah. It's one of those, and I've seen it here and there over the years. Uh -huh. And it's always, I think, back to that first time. Right. as like a young artist walking in and expecting to see like video art that yeah. you normally saw at that point, which was like yeah. someone talking to a video camera or something. And this was just like hard hitting, like really intense. You yeah. know? It blew me away. And it... It like scarred my, my art brain. You know really? what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It just it may had a deep effect on. Well, that's where like, I mean, you do a lot more videos than I do, but um, that's where you realize how huge that medium is, right? Yeah. Like when it hits you that hard, mm -hmm. like um, the the clock video. Yeah. Um, why am I blanking on his name right Christian now? Christian Markley. Christian Markley's yeah. clock video. Like the first time you see that, you're like, holy cow! This thing, it just like consumes everything I'm thinking about in yeah. like one gulp mm -hmm. you know like like all my thoughts are little plankton and like this whale comes through and just like filters it out yeah. you know um, and then you real and, and it makes me realize the limitations of something like painting or a surface or you know just three dimensions you know yeah. Yeah. but then it makes me come back and love that thing even more but like watching something move with sound edited in a certain way is like the ceiling for that experience is really, really high. Yeah. It just gives you something totally different. It still feels new. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it's all not been done. <laughs> you know, you yeah. or the feeling that it's all not right. been done before. It probably has, but. Right. I mean, painting's fun because it, it doesn't feel new, and mm -hmm. that's where the fun it, in it is. But, um, yeah, I feel like hopefully in my lifetime I'll have that feeling again. You know, when those, when I saw those videos for the first time, and I'm sure I will, and it happens all the time on TV, like, there's this amazing show called uh, Silicon Valley mm -hmm. on HBO. It's like, it's amazing. It's perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, to see the, the, 
aesthetics of artwork. Like my pet peeve, well not pet peeve, but I love it when like we're in 2016 and you go into a gallery to see a video and it's on like a, a monitor from 1980. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, is this part of the piece now? Mm -hmm. Like me and Scott Reeder did a show together at Marlboro and we just did a quick video and we insisted on having like one of those monitors. Like, like a tube? Yeah. A like, tube television? Yeah, but it, it was the gallery kind, so it had that black frame around it, oh, so it was a yeah. cube. Like a closed circuit. Yeah. Yeah, I had that in... I did a show about surveillance, so I right. I wanted it to look like closed circuit television. Totally. So I stacked four of those. I think four. Yeah, yeah. they're stackable. And they're they give you that. It's a certain feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And the installer was like, I, I can get you a flat screen. We can just like bang it out. <laughs> yeah. Or like project it's, it. They're even. super cheap these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we had so much trouble finding the right thing. Yeah. Like we're walking up and down Canal Street, going into Chinatown. You um, gotta order those online. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Right. They're like 808s now. But like we wanted that feel. And because we were convinced it was just like, it would make our dumb video even dumber, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, we strapped this thing like a bar, like at a like TGI Fridays in the corner of this gallery, mm -hmm. you know? Wait, I'm trying to, because I saw the show, I'm trying to think of what was the video. It was in, we had uh, two spaces. Well, we had a painting show in Chelsea, and then we opened a club. Oh, it was on the Lower East Side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah called Thinkers. Mm -hmm. So basically it was, we borrowed a, a Rodin sculpture mm -hmm. and had it in a room and opened a bar. And basically it was like a month of performances. And it was, it was cool. You, well, I don't know if it was cool, but you walked through, you had to bend down through a mouse hole to get into it. Mm -hmm. And it was like a totally black room with this Rodin sculpture unlit and just one of us standing behind a bar and a video going in the corner. So the video and some neons would light the whole place. Nice. I was had bar of neons. It was fun. It was great. We had some really awesome performances in there. But yeah, that video, so dumb. It was just like images uh, that we had. F we both keep, as everyone does, folders of like wacky images on yeah. our desktops, you know. So we just like dumped them onto a drive. Yeah. And had them like uh, just at the Apple kind of iMovie thing, just scrolling through. Yeah. Well, you must have, I'm guessing, well, what's the process for your the whole Instagram phenomenon, because that's something that, yeah, I don't know if people even realize that you do, or, because I have had family members and friends right. who've shared pictures of yours yeah. that are cat related, always right. cat related. And, <laughs> right, and right. I, they, I'm like, do you know who that is? And they have no idea. The best is like, well, yeah, I mean, no one should know who my name, what my name would be other than like a couple of people, but like, a lot of times people will be like, I think I figured out who this is. I'm like, oh, my name's right there. It's right in the... T yeah, yeah. There's a link on your... <laughs> yeah, totally. It's just like, I'm not trying to be secretive, but right. they're... Like, why would they know who I am, you know? Those are two very different worlds, I yes. think. Yes, yes. Like, if you put one of your... <laughs> I keep waiting for the one day where you just post an install shot of your painting. Oh, God, yeah. I think and about that all the time. people would, I think, would they just unfollow you? Or would yeah. it be shock or horror? Or what would happen? I always think about, like... What, what is the most boring image I can put up and at least get one like for? Mm -hmm. You know, like if I just put like a sunset picture or like a pastoral, just like trees or something, one person would like it. Oh, a million. Yeah. See, you've hit, well, in right. social media, there's a precipice. Right, right. And once you break a certain number, it snowballs and it go. it takes on its own life. It takes yeah. on its own life. And like, I, I stopped 
it's unfortunate, but I stopped interacting with it. Mm -hmm. Like, did you get that image I sent you? I'm like, I, I don't know. I got a few hundred like yeah. every day, you know? Yeah, cause yeah, and I would imagine you have to take your notifications off or else your oh, phone yeah. would be constantly lighting up. It was funny when I first started doing it. I just like, one day I just put up like five dumb photos and my notifications would be just, like my phone would just be buzzing the whole time. Mm -hmm. It just like caught on with one or two people. But to experience that was pretty fun. It was like, why does this thing work? And I'm like, oh, because like the internet is still about dumb stuff, you know? <laughs> the lowest common denominator. Right, and yeah. I'm still about dumb stuff because that's all I like, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, if I see a picture of a, like my, my sister-in-law always sends me photos of her cats. Yeah. And the thing, it'll just be on a screen up, like, in weird places. Yeah, that you, yeah. And I, I love it. Yeah. I crack up every time. I mean, it's something yeah. in deep within us yes. that just loves that stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a low-hanging fruit, but low-hanging fruit is delicious, yeah. you know? And, uh, and sometimes you don't have a ladder in life. Exactly, <laughs> right, right? As someone who isn't the tallest guy in any room, like, I'm, I'm down for that. But um, I also like the endlessness of it. It's, I kind of want to get to a point where either I get tired of it or I run out of images, and neither of those things have happened. Is it solely you doing it, though? That's a yeah. lot of work. It is and isn't. Or are you just moving it over? I mean, I spend... I might not have the rich social life I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I see my friends, you know? We do things together. But, like, yeah, it takes some time to set aside you know, I'll be watching TV and just going through trying to dig for images mm -hmm. um, I don't do any of that stuff in studio I was gonna say are you good about time without the film yes and no I'm not because you're all, I imagine you're keeping track of like sports center and stuff like that I'm really uh, um, attached to sports like it, it, it brings a lot of joy into my life and uh, I've created many of my favorite friendships through mm -hmm. sports. Um, it helps me because I, like I said, I have a really bad memory and I kind of get, I don't smoke weed, but I get really stony and kind mm -hmm. of like drift off into whatever. So as a mental, like I, I know people do crossword puzzles or watch Jeopardy just yeah. to like. Sudoku. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Words with friends, yeah. you know, just to like, keep them on this planet and not float away. Right. And for me, that's sports. Uh, it's like a calendar. Yeah. You know, it's like... I love it. It's so... Yeah. It's it's like this constant or something. There's something yeah. really comforting about it. Uh, I'm more like soccer. I That's oh, all I... yeah, yeah. That's all I pay attention to really these days. I mean, I... Well, that's not true. I'm like watching the Penguins rooting for them yeah, like crazy. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I love all sports, but soccer's yeah. the one that I really like follow, you know. Is that a... Is there a childhood reason for that? Well, I... Well, it's funny because I played my whole life. Uh -huh. I still play. Uh -huh. and But I never watched it as a kid because it was not on. I didn't have cable until I got older. Right, right. And they didn't show those games. Never. Now you could see. Yeah. Like we have a package where we could see any game anywhere in the world pretty right. much at any time. Right. So I think coupled with, you know, my son playing. Oh, and then, yeah. And now I'm coaching. Oh, yeah. There you go. So when you're showing them or you you want them to watch, you know. It's just there's so much good stuff, and then you yeah. get hooked into it, you know. Uh, absolutely, and it's like uh, I always joke with my friends because they think I think of time in a strange way. But they're like, "What are you working on?" I'm like, "Well, I have a show in December." I'm like, "Well, that's nine months away." I'm like, 
Yeah, but it feels like it's right there mm -hmm. because it's not the amount of time. It's just like, are you lucky enough to stumble onto something you like? Yeah. And nine months doesn't seem like enough time for any of that. Right, right. Um, and that's how I feel about like, it's like, you know, not to always bring up like the word middle age, but like I'll, I'm still waiting for Stefan Marbury to get good. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Alan Houston's contract to end. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's over. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's over, over. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, when you when you see a team and you see a player, like the best player in baseball, hitter in baseball right now, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, no doubt. It's awesome. In 2019, he's come to, coming to the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And I hate that narrative of every good player coming to the Yankees, but he was a childhood fan, and he's basically said, like, I'm going to explore free agency aggressively. And mm -hmm. the Yankees are clearing cap space to give him, I believe, maybe like close to 300 million dollars mm -hmm. or 350 that's in 2019 I'd I love to be alive you know like I love that new Star Wars movie yeah and then when they were like we're doing more we're doing like the Han Solo standalone mm -hmm. we might do a Boba Fett we're doing like that uh, the new one that's gonna come out this year like Rogue One I think yeah and I was just like I need to work out and eat well so I can see all these movies <laughs> you know yeah like I need to be a good dude eat fruit and like make sure I get on an exercise so bike you can, yeah, so, yeah. I can watch. so you can watch all the Star Wars that are coming in. Yeah, because I want to be alive to see all this stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. I want to see Bryce Harper like on the Yankees. Yeah. And that's in 2019. Yeah, it's funny. You kind of get that when you have a kid. Oh, Where like you that. go through the initial period of just with the ice cream and feeling better because you're not sleeping and like right, right. you just go to pot like you, everything goes out the window and then you start to get through that initial like boot camp of like the first couple years and you're like right. i gotta get healthy so i can yes hang around and you know yeah watch this guy do his thing you know what yeah. i mean you get that 100%. same kind of feeling yeah. yeah but but yeah star wars that's a good reason too <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah. Well, and they're gonna milk that for every. I, I hope mean, so. I always thought it was gonna be done after. What was it? What did he initially promise? Um, Lucas. So we had the ones when we were a kid, right? And then they were gonna come back in two thousand. Wasn't it? He said in two thousand, I'm gonna. Or well, he did episode one, two, and three, right? With like, um, uh, Ewan McGregor mm -hmm. and Natalie Portman and George R. Banks. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen any of those. Really. Did yeah, it? I got freaked out because people hated it. And I was like, I don't want my... Yeah. I loved Star Wars, so I didn't want right. it to be tainted. But I did go see the new one. It was really good. Oh, that was fun, right? Yeah. I mean, those... It's J.J. Abrams. Right. Like, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Lost is the last show, the oh, last TV yeah. show that I watched. Talk about, like, video art or, like, things. That was amazing. That first season was the best season of TV I've ever seen it in was my rivet life. It was, I was riveted. And I'm yeah. not, like, a TV guy, really. Yeah. Yeah. But... And that it's so complex. There's so complex. many like philosophical and yeah. historical references to it. It's really amazing. And, and it spins out in like a wonderful way where it's just like, okay, I, I didn't really have a plan for this to end, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I love that. But um, the episode one, two, and threes with the Jar Jar Binks characters, I would say you should watch them. They're really like, they're not good. Yeah. But they're really unique movies. Like nothing else looks like them. The plot lines are really Lucasy and Spielberg-y, you yeah. know, the way the stories unfold, the way every character seems like there's no gravity. They're just like walking through space because yeah. it's all CG. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Like, 
I wouldn't say like you spend the night with popcorn watching it. Like just throw it on while yeah. you're working on something, because there's something really unique about it, um, like a distinct vision. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that even if it's bad. Yeah. Um, like where the the J.J. Abrams thing was amazing, but it lost me was just like, give me a Jar Jar Binks. Like how come you're not giving us new content? Oh yeah. You know, it's like I know that's a Millennium Falcon. But like, can we get a new spaceship? That's you know? the weight. It's probably the weight, the Lucas weight over his head. You know, I'm sure that feel, and especially coming off of what happened, of yeah. wanting to yeah. to bring it back in a way. I mean, home run. You know, yeah. like I, I think he should be super proud, and I don't even say that lightly because he had right the weight of like this whole world on his shoulders. Yeah, being like, don't let us down because we were let down. We're angry. Yeah, everyone was happy. It's big for a lot of. I mean, you know, I keep having that fantasy that. You know, one day when my son's old enough, we'll just sit down and watch the whole run. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. just binge on, like, yeah. carve it out and just watch the whole thing. Oh, God, yeah. I get that way with Lost, too. I feel like one at one point I would just want to watch it straight through. Yeah. Oh, And just man. kind of, like, experience it as a one-time thing. But I never have. Yeah. I can't do Every that. holiday is, like, uh, HBO does The Wire. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I can't watch this thing again. And the minute I scroll through, I'm like, okay, there goes my whole weekend. You know, like, I'm going to watch this thing now. Yeah. But um, I know, like, yeah, I'm waiting to, like, watch Star Wars with my son. And by that time, they're going to be into such different stuff. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to listen to Steely Dan. The tertiary, like, you know, the, yeah. the third ring of Star Wars movies. Right. It's like telling a 20-year-old that, like, you should, they should listen to Wu-Tang. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's over. That's just like justice for us now, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't even know what they're into. Like one of my friend's daughters isn't even frozen anymore. I'm like, what's happening? I just can't keep up. Do yokai watch in my house. Well, it's, you know, yokai watch? No, what is that? It's like a Japanese. Well, it's now it's here. But when we were in Japan for a month over uh-huh. the summer, uh-huh. it's like these cartoon. It's a cartoon and these characters that are dead cats and they're like ghosts. Uh-huh. And um, there are all sorts of monsters and creatures that are ghosts that are living around. And this kid has a watch that can he can communicate with these ghosts. And that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. And it's really funny. Although it's like the translation into English doesn't really work that well because sure. it's real punny. Yeah. Like everything in the show is like all the names are a, a pun on Japanese like right, things. Right. So. It, it's kind of tough, so we thought it wouldn't make the transition, but then, like, his classmates in school were all like, oh, Yokai what? you know, and... That's cool. So he's kind of hip because he knows all about it already. I mean, yeah, in grade school, like, I remember I was so into... They later become became muscle men, remember? Oh, yeah, they came, yeah. The M-U-S-C-L, like, yeah. they're... There were periods, right? Like it's it yes, was a, it was an acronym. They came in a garbage can or something. Yeah, they came in a garbage can and they were like flesh-colored, rubberized plastic, maybe. Yeah. Um, but before that, they were like these slap cards. Remember slap cards? Mm-hmm. All these characters were on these thick pieces of cardboard, and it was a game. It would uh, predated um, Pong. Wait, no, not Pong. Pogs. Remember Pogs? Yeah, I remember Pogs. So like you throw them down, you flip them, it becomes yours. It was mm-hmm. like kind of like gambling almost yeah. but we were really into those and then like i always forget that transformers was a japanese thing yeah like and voltron that, i was really into voltron voltron was crazy that was crazy and that's when i first kind of started like as a, as a kid understanding like prejudice yeah <laughs> you yeah. know it was just like why is like the medium tall 
normal guy, like the main drag. Why can't it be the girl who's right, the main right. one? It's like, why is the fat one like on the bottom? Yeah. Why is like the little guy an arm? You know. <laughs> Things it's, were spelled out in robotic form early on. Yeah, and then I yeah. always think about like uh, Nintendo hockey. Mm -hmm. Like the fat guy was a powerful one, but he was slow. Yeah. Like, oh, He's a goon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't win with five or three fat guys, but you can't win with the three skinny guys either. <laughs> I was like rigged. <laughs> <laughs> Were you into video games growing up? Obsessed. Yeah. Um, I had to stop maybe. I was one of those kids who would like time myself when I played Metroid to see how mm -hmm. long it took to beat it. And it became like an addiction, so I stopped. I stopped probably oh, the most wonderful game, uh, Super Mario 64. Oh, yeah. I was like, the greatest game of all time. Wait, is that the one? It's not the NES one. Is um, it more advanced than NES? Yeah, it's uh, Nintendo 64. It was the three, first 3D one. Oh, I didn't go that deep. Yeah, I went, yeah. I had that, was it NES, the one that's a little box and mm -hmm. you put the cartridge, that was the last one. 16 bit one. We didn't have a lot of money growing up, so with that, oh, yeah. that was like our thing. We got an Atari 2600 at some point, late yeah. in the game, I think, but, yeah. and then it was Nintendo, but that's all we had. Other people had uh, ColecoVision and Sega and stuff, right. but we never had any of that stuff. It's funny you mentioned money, because my, my parents were the same way, and they realized it was a scam when she, she was like, okay, it's Christmas, mm -hmm. I had a good year, I'll buy you one of these things. Right. So it was like $79. I still have the box. $79.99. It was and a it, lot of money back then. Which is a ton of money, and that came with Super Mario. Yeah. So me and my brother would play it nonstop, and we're like, okay, now we want another game. And she's like, okay, let's get you a game. And they were $40, and she was like, this costs half as much as a system. Yep. Yeah, that's how they get you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> she's like, shouldn't these be $20? Yeah. And the guy's like, no, the popular ones are even $50. Bucks. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have many games, but... So you played, you wore that one into the ground? Yeah, and she got me like Double Dragon, mm -hmm. which was like, I remember this so clearly. I, she was like, if you get straight A's this year, I'll buy you Double Dragon. And it was like $45 at this one place. They had one copy. Scam artists. Like it was called Save Mart. The guys were just in suits selling TVs. <laughs> I got straight A's. We go in, they're like, price went up to 70 And oh. she was like, are you kidding? And you couldn't get this cartridge anywhere for some reason. Yeah. So she bought it for me, but I certainly played that every day for like a year. <laughs> so those little moments when you grow up with no money that you really appreciate your parents. I feel like, oh, like yeah. my, my, I remember my mother getting me, uh, taking me to the soccer store that was really far away and got uh, me the Copa Mundials, the Adidas that are like the nice cleats. Oh, yeah. And we didn't have that kind of money. Yeah. You know? She just saved up for it. And um, to this day, I still, you know, like yeah. that really meant something to me because I knew that she was busting it and didn't oh have Oh, my God, it. yeah. And kids these days, they just don't, <laughs> right, right, right. They don't appreciate it. <laughs> no, I'm sure they do. But, like, yeah, I was thinking about, like, my phone, you know, like, and this thing is pretty overpriced. But for what I do with it, I'd pay, like, if, if Apple all of a sudden was like, listen, these things are $5,000. Oh, people would buy it. I yeah. would buy it. And, like, I'd probably try to buy one for my kid. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. if the kid was like 11 or 12, he's like, my friends have this thing. The universe is on that thing. I can't talk to them. I'm like, okay, we're going to figure out a way to get this thing for you, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I know. Like having a studio in Manhattan and being able to like participate in this world, it's just like, I don't think in my parents' wildest dreams, 
yeah. this would happen. It's like, what do you mean you go to art? Wait, someone's going to fly you to show a painting in Europe? <laughs> that but, is confusing to people. Yeah. I think whenever you start doing that, and they're like, yeah. wait, what? You, you can do that? Yeah. yeah, totally. It's like, I... I was I got flown down to Miami to the art fair just to DJ for one hour this year, mm-hmm. and it was really, it was kind of you know that stuff happens you know, yeah. but it's kind of like you know talk about it. It's like well it's not that cool you know it's like you get tired and it's actually worse than just going on a, a work trip there. Yeah, you know you kind of feel like the help a little bit, but right. it was fun. It was great. I was really happy to do it, and the person who sent me down is awesome. But like. Really confusing world where things don't really have to make sense ever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, no one cares about you. Oh, now everyone cares about you. Oh, sorry, dude, no one cares about you anymore. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that makes sense in this world. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it happen, yeah. you know. It's cyclical, you know. Like yeah. <laughs> and what did, what did you play? What uh, kind of music were you playing? Oh, I mean, I kind of always play the same. It's funny. I always have the game plan of playing like. I like melodic electronic music mm-hmm. with like a peppy BPM, you know? Mm-hmm. But as soon as I get half a drink in me, whether it be beer or just like anything, I, I turn into a wedding DJ, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, I just want to listen to Paul Simon. Oh, I see. I thought you were going to go to like Wu-Tang or something. I mean, I like, I'm really self-conscious of like the era of rap I grew up in. I'm not maybe self-conscious, but I just think this era of rap is so much better. Mm-hmm. Like to oh, rap. Really? I don't have that. I know it's like that in me. I'm not. And I grew up with the good, you know, with yeah, the the foundations. I had to hide it too when I was young, because a lot of my friends who were like skate, well, not the skaters. A lot of them were into it, but there were like the guys who were in the Cure and New Order and oh, you know, yeah. and Black Flag and yeah. Line of Threat, and yeah. I'm listening to that stuff and Public Enemy, right, right, and NWA and yes. Ghetto Boys and stuff like that. And I had to hide it because it wasn't cool to like right, like right. that music. Yeah, it was, but I feel like a lot of that stuff was really, really good. But yeah, it's probably is better now. Well, yeah, I mean, better is not the right word. I just think it's def- certainly not worse. Um, but it's like incredible what's happening. I remember I was so speaking of records, I was obsessed with this label Moax. I'm sure. Oh yeah. It was like trip hop and DJ Crush, DJ Shadow, probably the most famous guys. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2016, I'm like lousy investments because. Yeah. I could have been listening to Many Fresh or like the Hot Boys, you mm-hmm. know, like, and I remember hearing a Hot Boys record as I was trying to hunt down these Moax imports and be like, wait, why does that sound more dangerous and fun? Yeah. You know, like the beats are crazier and like the, the energy is where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And like listening to the stuff today, I was just like, that stuff is wildly good. Yeah. It's just like... Holy, like, it's come such a long way since, like, my favorite stuff. Um, And my favorite stuff wasn't even that long ago. But, yeah, even, like, thinking about Young Jeezy's been out for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And when that first came out, I was like, whoa, how can it get better than this? Yeah. A few months later, you know, something was better. Something got better, yeah. Um, Yeah, well, my, my ability to reflect on music and understand its value is now completely tarnished by nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, lately I've been on a huge drum and bass kick. You know? Oh, yeah. I play that stuff all the time. Like, yeah. Jungle. Yeah. And I, it, it's all the same song. Yeah. But all, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I can't get enough of it. That, it's funny you mentioned that. Jungle and drum and bass is the one genre that always falls flat when I DJ. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, I'm ready. 
I have the song. And it's always, this, I love this uh, soul jazz compilation called Rumble in the Jungle. Mm -hmm. It's like these old reggae artists with like uh, drum and bass beats behind them. Nice. It's, it's amazing. I'll um, send you yeah, a Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get it. It's great. Um, and I'm like, these, these are popular reggae songs, and it's not a crazy beat. And it's just like, it doesn't tr translate well to at least the people I play music to a lot. And a lot of other stuff will, like Baltimore House translates okay. Yeah. Um, even like Detroit techno translates okay. Mm -hmm. If it's like, if there's a singing part, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just can't get that drum and bass sweet spot, you know, for like a good solid like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's all I want to hear. Like I saw Jamie XX perform at um, Terminal 5 on his last tour. And he's mm -hmm. like my favorite guy making stuff right now and he, he had the crowd into it and then towards the end I was promised a drum and bass set yeah like the guy was just like he's been doing this drum and bass thing to end these sets and I'm like let's go I'm sure he knows this stuff better than anybody in the world yeah. you know grew up on it yeah and he plays one song and the crowd is just like oh no <laughs> and you're out of the balloon yeah. yeah yeah and then he had to go back to his usual programming but like I think I'm, people are starting to sneak it in a little bit where you'll get like little sections of a yeah. song where they like click yeah. in the drum and bass. I mean, it, drum and bass is alive and well on like the food network, you know, <laughs> like really? or car commercials. Uh -huh. Like if you listen, it's like, oh, that's a that's a drum and bass beat, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But it's like, I always I always think it's funny when when I get orders when I DJ. Someone's like, keep it mellow for this, and then pick it up for this yeah. at a wedding or something, mm -hmm. and I'm like. I stopped thinking of it in terms of songs, and I just started thinking of it in terms of volume. Yeah. I'm like, you just want me to be quiet so people can talk. Right. And then when it's time to dance, I'm just going to turn it up. It's not the genre. It's like no, delivery. No. Yeah, 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 totally. It's like, oh, yeah, you want to talk. And I, I, I too, would want to talk. I get you. I'm not going to play, like, sad music, yeah. you know? I'm just going to play the same stuff, but just lower. But... Uh, What's interesting, getting a, a few of the artists that I'm listening to are younger and doing electronic stuff or yeah. cycling in. You can hear them cycling in electronic music that was right. before their time. Right, right. So they have a different perspective on it. It's really interesting. Like, I don't know if you've ever listened to Lord Raja. I'm Do you know sure. him? He's on no. Ghostly. Uh-huh. He's like a really young guy from New York. Uh-huh. And uh, he's sneaking it in there. And I don't think yeah. he was alive at oh, that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't live through that. Yeah. So it feels fresh because he's kind of like, you know, I like the music that when I was in a band, we were tapping into that was, I didn't go, go through that. So I had a complete kind of ignorant, yeah, yeah. you know, interpretation of it, which yeah. made it, I think, fresher probably because I didn't, you know, it wasn't yeah. like I was, you know, remixing something that, yeah. that I'd lived through. It yeah. was kind of like a fresh take on it. Totally. Like, I remember hanging out on St. Mark's, like, in my early teens. And like we we're all so into it, we we're getting like T-shirts and the the right equipment, you know. Mm -hmm. And the dude selling it to us was like, you know, kids, it's it's not the '70s anymore, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. punk is over. Yeah. Like you're in like the early '90s now. And he was right, you know. Like, but it it seemed it still seemed fresh. Like we were just obsessed with like Operation Ivy. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, we don't like that band, you know. Like yeah. that stuff is over. But now I'm sure Operation Ivy, he, the same guy would be like, oh yeah, it's one of those classic punk bands. You right. Know? Like the fact that Rancid came out was just like, we we're playing four nights at Irving Plaza, and all like the real heads came out to see Rancid. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
oh, when they came out, people didn't like them. Like yeah. the, the nerds didn't like them. Right. They were kind of too populist, and like it was it was after the the influential band that they were in. You know. Yeah. But do you need that perspective? That happens a lot with artwork or anything else. You know, yeah. it's like you need or fashion. You know, you just need a yeah. decade in between, or at least one or maybe yeah. two. I'm still waiting, and I had this hot take maybe like in the, a few years ago. I was like when Damien Hirst was getting this awful press, mm -hmm. I'm like, he's gonna come back in the late teens and be like Jeff Koons times 10. Yeah. He's gonna be like the most important thing to ever step foot in this world, you right. know? Yeah. It's not happening yet, but um, I'm like, when does his cycle come? Because it's just bound to come, right? Where he's yeah. just like, well, actually what he was doing, he was work making work about the market instead of everyone being like, oh, he's gross, he makes work about the market, yeah, yeah. you know? He's I mean, a genius. Well, you know, Warhol went through a period where everyone hated him. Right. And thought he was played and tired. and Like that you know. Basquiat show didn't sell, right? Yeah. It got panned. I mean, for a yeah. while, he was yeah. He was in the can't. Like, people just weren't into him at all. I mean, it's Warhol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Right. <laughs> just hold on to that. You know, don't sell it. <laughs> right. Just hold right. on to it. You'll be fine. But, yeah, it's crazy. Like, things, you know, like Jonathan Lasker. I see a lot of younger artists yeah, yeah. who I don't know if they were around when, because when I first came to New York, it was, like, Lasker, Carol Dunham, Larry Pittman, oh, like, people yeah, like that. Yeah, you yeah. saw their work around a lot, and it was kind of, you know, a thing. Like, that's right. Jonathan Lasker. He's, yeah. And then you didn't see that kind of work for a little bit. Right, and right. then there's these younger artists who respond to or are making work like that. Yeah. And then he's seen in this new kind of lens through a new lens it's the same oh, work man. or the same not the same work but you know what i mean yeah he's, he's doing his thing but it feels fresh and it's like the context of it i guess i agree yeah i mean like at at RISD, we were all obsessed with philip gustin like yeah. that he was kind of making his huge like well I, mean, I think he already had that moma solo but like the kids were just like figuring it out yeah like oh wait this might be the best painter ever have you seen this stuff you mm -hmm. know and this is like kind of as the internet was happening so like someone would have to have that book right yeah <laughs> you know uh, there was a couple books in the library but they were always gone it's like oh yeah we're gonna go uphill to so-and-so studio to take a look at that gustin book again mm -hmm. you know and like we'd xerox it you know yeah but um yeah it's weird how like i mean i think every artist thinks about like second life you know yeah i mean less so i guess these days but like i assume like that whole cliche is like you never appreciated in your life. Yeah. And now like we all want to be appreciated in our life. Like Preferably. the second time around, you know. Like yeah. You just catch that second wave. Totally. It's just like, well, when I have my retrospective at the Whitney, it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, only like 20 people get those. But yeah. <laughs> but hold on to that dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When I find, you know, or, yeah, it goes down the scales. It's like when I have my first solo show, I'm like, you know, only a few hundred people get solo shows. It's like, it's, yeah. I just feel so lucky to just be in that conversation. But like, yeah. Well, I think about that, that people coming back to your work, you know, and I think for me, it's exciting if one person, like if yeah. one young painter yeah. 20 years from now sees like a, an old catalog of mine is an in, is into it. Yeah. That's like amazing to me. Yeah. Like it's not even like for, you know, me having like a, this second wave resurgence or, you right, know, right. like people being like, oh, this is really, yeah. it's, it's more of like if you can just like be interesting to someone down the line. Because like when I think about music, I'm always, 
uh, when I dig back into things, I'm like more interested in the fringe or like the people who were the second wave of the major. So you had yeah. Miles doing on the corner and right, you know, right. all that stuff. And then the, the people who are making work kind of like that, but yeah. you know, it was just a little more out there. Yeah, that's what I'm t- so I was talking about, the comedy thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you talking about like Louis C.K.? Or are you talking about like the guys that Louis C.K. likes right. that like write for other comedians yeah. who are legendary? You know, yeah. like Smigel or something. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're totally right. And it's just like an art is 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 so strange in in that like there's there's few correlations that I find to be like repetitive. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why did this happen? Not even in terms of like outside of the studio, even inside the studio. It's like, why was I so happy with those paintings for two years? Because now I don't think they're good. Yeah but why am I upset with these paintings now when they're the opposite of what I don't like? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's what I mean by time. It's just like, well, nine months seems like a long time, but like the thing could not happen in nine months. Yeah. As I'm sure you feel that all the time. It's a process. Yeah, trust the process, right? <laughs> um, that's why I was laughing before too, because, yeah. or smiling, because uh-huh. whenever you said it takes me nine months, or yeah. I need that, the first thing that popped in my head was it's a process. It's, the, it's process. the process. Yeah, yeah. And like, we're not interested in results anymore, right? Like, that's not interesting to us anymore. Yeah. You know, someone could be like, that restaurant got two Michelin stars. I'm like, that's cool. That's a metric that we can measure. Yeah. But like, why? What kind of food that's is really it? really interesting. That's true. I yeah. never thought of that. It is the process now. Always. Probably because everything's so instantaneous that you right. don't have to wait for the reveal. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have to go to an art fair to see what it looks like. Instagram right. shows me like two days before I get there. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So totally. it's, you're not ever hit with anything anymore. Like in, in with the way information gets out, even if you haven't seen something, you know about it or yeah. you've heard about it. Yeah. So like that process of reveal or things being slowly leaked, like yeah. things like that become almost like the content in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's a certainly way to talk about like things like People vs. O.J. Simpson or Star Wars, the J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams version, or like, spoiler, like Jon Snow coming back to life last night on TV. It's like, mm-hmm. we knew this was going to happen. It was in the preview. But it's, what a wonderful 48 minutes. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, right. It's just like, I mean, what other metric can we talk about, like, uh, to avoid sports or like, you know, that, that food metric, you know, it's like, this is the best restaurant in this neighborhood according to, you know, like a thousand users on Yelp. Yeah. But like, okay, there's a lot of bests. Like, how is this one the best? Like, why did these thousand, like, are most of these thousand people Asian? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, is it, is it authentic? Is it not, is it new? You know? Yeah. And it's not, so you need almost like a whole cloud of metrics to kind of talk about that, you know, which is like a back of a baseball card kind of. But, um, and to think we used to just walk into a restaurant. This looks good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd never do that anymore. You know, it's, you're always, I mean, when I travel overseas, yeah. that's one of the funnest things is to yeah. just go into places. Yeah, exactly. But here it's like, no, no, you got to do your homework. Okay, who's yeah. the chef? Yeah, yeah. Like, is it getting good reviews? Or, it's like, know? when was the last good review, you mm-hmm. know? And um, what's, right. And it, like, for the food scene, I think changed, changed the most. In, in the time I've lived in New York as an adult, because like, 
I remember when food was good, like, for example, like the best burger was Corner Bistro. Mm -hmm. Everyone loved that place. It's hard to get in. It's good, really good. But then, like, everyone started making better things. And now Corner Bistro is just like nostalgia. Right. Like, oh, I used to come to this place when it was a thing and mm -hmm. it's still great. But, like, if you want a really good sandwich, I can tell you a handful of places, you know, yeah. that you can go to. And the bar is always higher and higher. And, um, in food, you see that more tangibly than you do, like, in art. Yeah. I mean, in sports, you see that pretty evidently, mm -hmm. you know, in front of your eyes. But art is really tough. It is. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I wonder, sometimes I wonder if the model, like, will ever change. Instead of cycling through, like, you, even just having a gallery, mm -hmm. but just, like, cycling through, like, one show after a month. I mean, I really believe in the art show at a gallery. You know, yeah. I, I believe in that. Um, I'm, I'm also old, you know, and I wonder if it's going to change into something like that's maybe even older. Just being like, we represent all these artists. We have rotating work of all these artists in this gallery all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Sort of like when you walk through Soho and you have those galleries yeah, that the... just have racks and racks of paintings, mm -hmm. you know, and that model works. Like, there's some good stuff in there, you yeah. know. Um, so I just wonder how we, like, like, it, it might not be a question of, like, the content, but it just might be a question of the delivery, you know? Yeah. I just feel lucky to be able to do... I, I just feel like I'm getting away with it, just being able to spend my days, like, it's making pictures. You yeah. know, I still get that feeling. Where yeah. Like, I'll be... Because for me, when I'm working, it's like this morning, working in the studio, Yeah. it's just no... There's no feeling like it, you know? It's just... Yeah. It's where I'm at my most peaceful, happiest, you yeah. know, just kind of like unconscious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're thinking about what you're working on, but the, yeah. everything else in life kind of yeah. goes away. And like, it's a lucky, th I don't think that happens often. I agree. And like, I think that feeling you're talking about, I've experienced like a couple times in my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, more than I would like to admit, but like usually sometimes it's just like, it's frustration. I'm just like, this isn't fun. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not having fun because like, you know, personally, you set your own personal ceiling so high where it's just like, what am I doing? This is, I've been working on this thing for a month and I can see the end and it's still not done. And it's not even the best painting I've made, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but that's your own personal ceiling. And it, that could be higher or lower than like the, the, the average perception of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it's hard to tell. But yeah, like... I'm trying to find that point where I'm like not stressed in the studio. Mm -hmm. Just because these things do take not just, it's not instantaneous like Instagram, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a process too, but you get instant feedback. You right. Know? And I don't really want instant feedback for these paintings. Quite the opposite, actually. I like want to make them and then like show them all at once and then be quiet again, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I want to. I want to maintain the like the happiness of it, and I feel like that might not even have to do with like the studio. It might have to do with like, like I no longer care if my favorite sports teams lose anymore mm -hmm. because I just like it. Yeah, like the result doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's a shame we don't get to see our teams progress and like lengthen their seasons, but it's okay. It's fun. Like, my wife asked me, like, what would happen if the Knicks actually won the championship? I'm like, I'm going to be really happy. Like, really happy. But 
I don't want them to because mm-hmm. I can't love them any more than I do. Right. They're exactly who I love. Yeah. You know, and having them win, like Cubs fans don't want that team to win. They do, but they don't. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And they, they, they will. Like Theo Epstein's gonna do it. Yeah. This season, they look pretty. Oh incredible. yeah. He's he's building. I mean, he knows how to build. I think it'll I mean, happen. Talking about trusting the process. Yeah. He goes to Chicago from Boston, and he's like, "Okay, I've ruined everyone's life in New England by making this winning team. <laughs> right. Now all you have no identity. Yeah. Because now everyone hates you instead of loves you. Yeah. Now I'm gonna Chicago, go to Chicago. Give me four years, and I'm gonna ruin all your lives too by winning. You know. Well, there's one guy who'd be happy about it. Yeah. He, yeah, he's usually in the first row in the outfield. <laughs> oh, Bartman. Wait, no. Yeah, yeah, that's one. That documentary was like the saddest thing I've ever I seen. I didn't, I didn't see it, but I don't, I, I can't watch that. I it feel was so, so bad sad. Yeah. That's tough. And I mean, a whole city. Yeah. You know, and yeah. a whole fan base just on one, putting that on one person. And a game is an Brutal. important thing. Yeah. You know, everyone's just like, it's just a baseball game. I'm like, no, it's more than that. Yeah. And you have to understand that first because that's where he's coming from. Yeah. He's like, this is my life. Yeah. You know, I'm a happy person who lives. I think he lived with his mom, mm-hmm. but he was like, this is, this is what I do. Yeah. But it was, you know, yeah, I mean, that documentary had all, like, the, the markings of, like, sadness and, like, time and expectations and, like, actuality. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Super Charlie Brownie. But um, I don't even know if he'd be happy, you know? Yeah, I don't know. That's true. He's probably, yeah. oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's droves of fans who would be happy. Like, there's, there's, like, right, there's different fans, right, of, of anything. Like, if you're into politics, like, I'm a skimmer with politics. Mm-hmm. And there's certain people who, are like, think thoroughly about what, who you're going to vote for. Because yeah. it has implications, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, someone just tell me who the right guy is yeah. or woman. Um, but, like, in sports, it's like, of course the fans who just love the Cubs and enjoy that team will be very happy. Mm-hmm. But I, at least half the Cubs fans will just be like, that's not what we wanted. Like, that's not the narrative, you know? Yeah. And that word is dicey too, but like, there's more to, this is such a cliche, but like, what is more to it than just winning? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I think well, as soon as you identify that, the winning is just, like, not important. I'll tell you one thing. The difference between Chicago, New York, yeah. and a lot of other places is being a fan there is a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, you're choosing between, well, maybe there's a geographic element to it, but right. but you're choosing between Mets, Yankees, or Giants, yes. Jets, and, and White Sox, and Cubs. It's, it's north, If south. you go up in Pittsburgh, you are a Steeler fan. Right, you know, right. There's no, those people. Yeah, yeah. That's their life. I mean, you know, the yeah. people who are the deep fans, that's their life. And all that, like my father, it just kills them yeah. when they lose. You know, like yeah. he, if the Pirates lose a game. Yeah. He's calling me and telling me about how they yeah. stink, you know? Yeah. It's like, if they win, he's yeah. over the moon. You know, it's, it's. I have a couple of buddies who live in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and uh, Green Bay. And they're awesome artists and like, they're amazing painters and, you know, they cook for people they do relational aesthetic you know it's awesome they do like performances Mm -hmm. and i'm like when the packers play i heard the city's empty like 
do you do, ever do like punk shows in like public places where no one's at? Like, do you ever like um, do a flash mob kind of thing mm -hmm. with just your friends? He's like, no, because we're all we watching the, the Packers. Game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's we, not a choice. Yeah, like, no. it's just in there. We find the coolest room with the biggest TV and we watch the Packers. Play. Yeah, and I'm like, yes. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I I love it because when I meet people here from Pittsburgh. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, engineers, yeah. performance artists, yeah, yeah. you know, in a punk band, whatever it is, they're they're fans. Yeah, you know, definitely. And it's a weird thing. It's like you grow up and and drinking yeah. that water, and it just never leaves you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's such a weird thing to think about how important games are. You know, yeah. like even as it's you get older. It's escapism, though. I think, isn't it? In a way, it's kind of like it takes you out of your day to day. Sure, or becomes your day to day. Yeah. Um, but it's like it's deeply joyful. Like, yeah. and that's in the simplest term. It's like I think if you find something like you really, really are into that refreshes itself that often, mm -hmm. it's like that's pretty awesome. Like I compare it to like my mom loved to garden, and my dad loved to watch the Yankees. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the same kind of same neurons. Thing. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, that was a cool afternoon. You know, yeah. Yankees lost, but like that, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, my basil didn't make it, but the rest yeah. of my herbs did well. How do you keep basil alive? Yeah, that's know. one of my things, man. <laughs> got, uh, I do not have a green thumb. That's not my, <laughs> that's not my forte in life. Uh, oh, man. So what are you working on now? What's your, what's The show, I have a solo show at um, Marlboro in December. And I have a show at this great gallery in Wisconsin called mm -hmm. the Green Gallery in April of next year. Nice. Uh, maybe doing another monograph. Um, and stuff here and there, like little projects for friends, which takes too much time. But it feels good. It like the the it doesn't feel like too much or too little. Nice. Yeah. So it's a nice time right now. But I, I don't know what I'm gonna do for the show in December. So it's May. You got a few months. Not a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before I let you go. Um, Hit people with some, maybe some music that you grew up with or music from your past that you feel like people should know today. Should maybe know. an artist that you're into from the past who people should be interested in. Wow, should know versus, I uh, mean, I mean, I would love people to like talk about like a band like Unwound more. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, I, I thought they were like the best thing ever. They were huge, you know, yeah. like, well, yeah. to our community. Yeah. You know, going to basement shows, Unwound was a big deal. Yeah, and they like, I remember they they played New York, it seemed like, every other week. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, my favorite band, luckily, are still active, Super Chunk. Oh, yeah, I listened to them this morning. Really? I'm not kidding. You can check my Spotify. I listened to Superchunk and uh, Seam. I love Sue Young. Me remember yeah. Seam? Yeah, I did a zine about Superchunk and interviewed Sue Young for it. Nice. Uh, when I was in high school. Yeah, I, I miss them. Um, I don't think Seam plays at all anymore. Um, I don't I think people really know who they are. No, no, they didn't, they didn't really yeah. uh, cross over into this decade or century. It but, sounded fresh this morning. In oh, the really? Studio. Which album? Uh, the one with the bubbly glass things on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, the Problem With Me? No. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Is it The Problem With Me? I think so. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's funny because I listen to all my music in studio through Apple Music, uh -huh. and Drag City Records has no presence on there. Oh, uh, yeah. So I love to work 
to Palace Brothers like more than anything, mm-hmm. and it's just like a different experience. What's your favorite? I my favorite Palace was that it was an EP that had like five songs on it. I think the Hope EP with Christmas yeah, yeah. Time in the Mountains. Was it? Was that on it? Um, it Probably. Was like, it was a really good. It's like a scenic, like a white cover. It's yeah, like that's Hope. It. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. I mean, he's great. I mean, he put out Viva Las Blues, like the big yeah. band cover record of his mm-hmm. own songs. That's amazing. I mean, him and Bill Callahan, I just, I like to, it, it, it's most fun to work to that stuff, I think. Yeah. My old band played a few shows with Smog. No way. Yeah, it was fun. Wait, what band were you in? You told me this once. 33.3. Yes, yes. Yeah. Fuck. I thought you guys were from D.C. No. No. We met at, at New Haven when we were in school, and uh-huh. then we um, moved to Brooklyn, and uh-huh. then we then everyone, after like a year and a half, everyone kind of went and did their own things. So. Oh, wow. I think I have one of your seven inches. We, um, we recorded our second record at Electrical with Bob Weston, which was cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oof. And Steve, having Steve around with all his musical know-how. Awesome. The, the last song on that second record was recorded. I played um, a guitar that was a gift to Steve Albini from um, um, Gavin Rossdale. Oh, yeah, from yeah, Bush. from Bush. Yeah, but yeah. It was an unpainted, unfinished Fender that was uh, hand carved. Like, it was whoa. amazing. Right, because Albini recorded Razorblade Suitcase, right? At Bush sure, Redmond. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, mean, he, he worked with them. Bush had some jams. Yeah, he I was like, like here, you should play with this guitar yeah. for that song, and it was amazing. Man, we're in like a really casual band, me and my, my dealer, Pascal, my, my friend, Pascal, and this guy, Mike Bones, and Dan. And a lot of times we'll just like borrow equipment. Mm-hmm. And for a while we were playing with Mike Fellows' bass mm-hmm. that he played in Rites of Spring. Yeah, yeah. And it would blow my mind because we're just awful. You know, we just play in basements and stuff. But there was the Rites of Spring bass. And I was yeah, like, that thing amazing. Is, has this power to it. You it's know? history. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, that whole scene. My, um, my doctor now used to be the bassist of that band Karate. Oh, yeah, Jeff Farina. Jeff was, uh, we played shows with them too. With, we played shows with Jeff when he played solo. Was that Secret Stars? No, it was just Jeff. He would yeah. play like jazzy kind of singer songwriter. Oh things. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Like this guy Eamon Vitt. He was in that band. He's an awesome doctor. But like, yeah. Is that a- where members of karate go on to? <laughs> They're doctors. I mean, he's like not only is he a doctor, he's one of those guys that makes me feel bad about my life. Where he like he spent ten years like in Alaska and Africa. Like, oh yeah, doing doctors like, yeah, without borders. It's amazing. Yeah, and he comes back. He had a kid, so he had to come back and like yeah. set up roots. And he has a picture of Ian Mackay, that famous picture of yeah, Glenn yeah. Friedman mm-hmm. in his office. And I'm like, what reaction does that get? Because <laughs> if you don't know him, he looks like a skinhead. Yeah, you know? yeah. He was like, yeah, it's fine, you know. But he's great, and we always reminisce. Like he's like, yeah, uh, you know, tell my secretary, uh, you know, we got we have to have carve out half an hour, and I just sit down and we just talk about like '90s hardcore. You yeah, know? yeah. But the yeah. old days. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Thanks for thanks, taking Brian. all this time. It's no, great chatting no, with it's you. It's really fun. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah.